Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, week one is just about over. Are you feeling better or worse about the Cowboys after watching all these games? It's funny. I was was reading somewhere on Twitter that, that said that despite the fact that the Cowboys lost their game, their chances of winning up the NS, their chances, their betting odds, I think, at, at somewhere at some at some yeah. betting house went up like eight percent at winning the NFC East. So, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think after watching these these uh, this week one game, we'll talk about Washington and and, and uh, New York in a second. But uh, and even with Philadelphia, I feel better about where the Cowboys are inside their own division than you know before we started the season i have mixed feelings because honestly I'll, I'll tell you what on friday afternoon i was feeling real down about this cowboys team and it, it actually didn't have to do with the loss like i get the loss it was fine they could have won that game but the injury to michael gallup and the suspension of lyle collins which we're going to get to in just a second made me feel real pessimistic about this team long term but i think you mentioned it right like washington did not look great the Giants, holy cow, did the Giants yeah. look bad. And then the Eagles look good. So, I mean, I, I just have a hard time believing anybody's going to run away with the division, especially after a couple other injuries that happened this week. But uh, we'll, we'll get into all that in just a second. Lane, let's first start with the big news that happened on Friday. We didn't record yeah. a show Friday afternoon, uh, but it was announced that Lyle Cow- Collins, the Cowboys' right tackle, has been suspended for five games. I believe he will be eligible to come back. Is it October 31st is his first game that he can come back? Um, How big of a loss is that for the Cowboys? I mean, it's, it's a big loss. I mean, I, I I think, you know, you you lose one of your starting offensive tackles who, who actually played well, I thought week one. Um, Yeah. And so I think you're going to find a way to, we we'll talk about, you know, recourse after we discuss the other loss too, because I think that they are kind of tied together on how you kind of solve that. Um, but I think that as far as just speaking strictly from the Lael Collins, you know, side of things, it's frustrating, right? Just, he mm-hmm. missed the entire last year, entirety of last year. Uh, now he's going to miss five games you know, early in the season this year. Uh, you know, the hope is that he, he is that he comes back and hits the ground running uh, for when he gets back. Uh, but it's just frustrating for a guy who, you know, I mean, just look back where we were in 2019 with Lil Collins. We thought he was going to end up being, you know, one of the best right tackles in football. I and mean, he had played an incredible year um, and really started to kind of, you know, grow into his own at the position. And you still see that when he's playing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, you know, an unfortunate level of, of kind of back and forth that's happening because of the the injury, the the you know the surgery last year, the the, the suspension. Now it's just frustrating. I, I still have a lot of faith in, in Leo Collins, but uh, this is just unfortunately another setback he's going to have to get through. So there's a lot of different directions we can take this, but let's first start with what happened. I, I'm not sure we not fully sure we know. know yet. So it does yeah. sound like he missed a handful of tests, right? And the reason mm-hmm. why he missed those tests are unclear, but he's been tested, what is it, over 100 times since 2019. Um, 
but it sounds like he missed seven or eight tests. Uh, and once you get to that many, it starts to be where the, the games pile up for a suspension. Now the Cowboys still think they could get that suspension reduced. I, I'm not banking on it, but it just seems like this is something you got to take care of, Lyle. Like you're putting your team in jeopardy by not being responsible, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, look, I love LC, but I don't know that he's exactly the most responsible or you know, you know, person there in that in that sense. Yeah. I, I think it's it was a, it it likely has to do with all the abnormalities and the inconsistencies that are dealing that dealing with the COVID protocol, you know, has like you know, yep. I, I I heard something somewhere that that they're going to make an argument that he some of the the tests that he missed were on days that the Cowboys had COVID outbreaks and they were sent home. That's not an excuse for not getting your test done, but it, it I mean, it's, it's the excuse they're kind of provide yeah. for him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, it's tough because you want to be able to trust Lael Collins uh, and you do on the field, uh, but off the field at this point, you know, even though it's not crazy stuff that's happening, uh, it's stuff that's keeping him off the field. And that's, and that's, you know, worrisome. So he yeah. needs to find a way to kind of, get back on track again. I'm not worried about it long-term. It's just super annoying that we have to deal with this. Now, the one thing we should talk about from a long-term perspective, and I don't believe the Cowboys are going to move on from Lyle. However, this suspension makes it way more likely that they could, right. And way more, way easier to do so because now this suspension has voided all of his guaranteed money on the rest of his deal. And it's voided all of the injury guaranteed money. So, if the Cowboys just don't feel like they can trust him, if they want to do something next offseason or the year after that, they can do it. But it, this move actually could cost Lyle a ton of money, and that's kind of concerning. Uh, one more thing before we move on. How do you want the Cowboys to handle the right tackle position for the next five weeks? Do you want it to be Zach Martin? Do you want it to be Ty Naseki? Do you want it to be Terrence Steele? What, what would you like to see the Cowboys do? I, I think it should be Ty Naseki. I mean, I, I think the Cowboys have ways to – you know, and if we want to get into this, like, you know, I think what the Cowboys need to do, and we'll talk about Michael Gallup too, but they're going to need to use more 12 personnel, more 20 personnel, more 21 personnel. They'll give, they'll give Inseki some help in pass pro. They'll slide protection his way. Um, you know, we'll probably see a, some, a, a few less five man protection sets. Probably. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, it and, and honestly, I mean, Michael Gallup's not on the team, so maybe that's not, you know, like you've got one less guy that you're trying to get the ball to. So um, I think that, that, you know, the Cowboys will be able to get through this. Like it's they can they can handle one injury. Right. Yeah, totally. It's and and, and, and the thing is, too, is that I think that there's been a lot of of hand wringing over Ty and Secchi. You know, and, and a lot oh, of it sure. based on one-on-ones in training camp and that sort of thing. There are ways to help veteran tackles in pass protection. I think the key thing here with Ty Inseki that's better than has been in most of our past offensive tackles is that I think Ty Inseki is a plus player in the run game. And I, I think that that, yeah. that, value, that has value. I think in the past, we've had guys who have been terrible at both pass protection and run blocking. Ty Inseki is, I think, average at pass protection. He's going to need some help. Ezekiel Elliott and... And Jarwin and, and Schultz will help there, but I think as a run blocker, he's he's a good run blocker. So at least there's something there for the offensive tackle to you know lean lean on. 
Um, I, I don't think that this is a death blow for the Cowboys offense by, by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. So, it certainly is annoying, though. It's annoying. Um, now, the thing is, you should be getting Lyle Collins back in five weeks, right? So it's not like he's going to be coming back from an injury. He should be fresh. Now, hopefully, he takes care of all the other things he needs to take care of off the field. But I feel like they can handle one absence, right? Especially if Zach Martin comes back and plays well. Like, he has no COVID concerns. You can slide protection to help out Naseki. Zeke can help over there. It's if something else were to happen, like if Tyron goes down for the next couple of weeks, and now you're having to play Naseki and Terrence Steele. That's where it gets to be an issue, and we saw that last year. But I do think they can survive for the next couple of weeks without Lyle Collins, assuming the game plan is good. And Ty Naseki isn't awful. I think they'll be okay. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Run Your Pool. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with your friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin of Victory, Confidence Pools, and so much more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for the NFL and college football season. With one-week games, season-long playoffs, or the Super Bowl, unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own the way that you want to play it. You can even brand your pool for businesses, bars, or restaurants. Reconnect with your friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. All you have to do is go to runyourpool.com slash locked on, and you'll get $10 off. That is runyourpool.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, the Cowboys also lost another offensive starter in week one against Tampa Bay, and that's Michael Gallup, uh, who's dealing with a calf injury. Uh, The report is three to five weeks, but with the Cowboys having a week seven bye, I got a feeling they're going to be very cautious here. Make sure that he's back in week nine. Um, How big of a loss is this for Dallas? It's not great. I mean, it's it's you definitely would love to have your three receiver set that that you've been you know talking about all offseason. And I think you will get it back for the latter part of the season. And I do think that it's 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 such a situation where the Cowboys aren't going to miss him so much that they should rush him back. You know, I'd much rather have Gallup for the second half of the season when you'll need him. Um, I, I think for you know up until now, yeah. Up until now, let's let's not rush him back. I mean, I think for the reasons that that I talked about with with Collins, right, is that this is where the benefit of having the depth, maybe not necessarily a wide receiver, but also at these other eleventh offensive person spots is helpful, right? right? And by eleventh offensive person, I mean like the second tight end, the second running back. These are guys who you can find ways to kind of. Um, mitigate the loss of 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 uh gallup by you know using more 20 more 21 more more 12 personnel uh you have the horses to run this and and, and actually succeed there mm-hmm. because you have two tight ends that you feel good about that receiving the football you've got pollard who you know took several snaps a bunch of snaps out of the slot this year so you're yep. going to get options there and you and, and you like cedric wilson i mean let's not you know let's not well they like Noah brown as well who should be back as well Yep. And I think that also and I think Noah Brown, I mean Cedric Wilson is the guy that's going to get the the majority of the of the replacement snaps uh as you know, as you a, a one-to-one replacement snaps as 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 wide receiver 3, you know. But I do think that Brown will also see an uptick there because Brown is a little bit more like 
uh, the kind of receiver that Gallup is, right? He's a well, contested you, listen, catch guy. You could also that. use Noah Brown a little bit too to help in the run game. You know, if you're worried Absolutely. about Ty Naseki, like you can have him actually come in and play – you know, chip a linebacker, chip a defensive end. Like, he can do those things. So Yeah, absolutely. And I just think you just you, you have a, an offense that's diverse. You've already yes. seen them kind of deploy a bunch of different personnels in the first game, so you know that they're comfortable doing that. Uh, you have a diverse, deep offense that has playmakers at other positions. You can rely on that for the next four or five weeks until Gallup gets back. So uh, there's, there's lots of ways to kind of uh, uh, you know, make up for the loss there. Let's, let's not forget. Gallup is wide receiver three on this team. Yeah. So you still have you still have Cooper, you still have Lamb who yeah, struggled his first week, but I think we'll have a bounce back week, you know, coming up. Uh, and I think the Cowboys offense is still not going to have problems scoring points uh, with despite the fact of lo- losing two key starters. Just uh, just a little side note before we get back to Michael Gallup, I was not surprised that Ceedee Lamb struggled a ton in that game against Tampa Bay. He missed a lot of practice time with COVID. And I mean, it's pretty clear that he was symptomatic, right? He talked about not being able to smell and taste stuff. So how many practices did he really have under his belt after he got COVID before they played that Tampa Bay game? Like two, three? Yeah, I'm, that's that's it's a solid point, you know, and, and right. it's kind of what we discussed about Zeke last year, right? Yep. Where we, we, we kind of just, he had COVID and then he didn't. And then we didn't really talk about the fact that, you know, there's lingering effects there and how that might affect you physically. And I think it, it applies here with CD as well. And I, and I also think that we need to be careful to see exactly how much that might apply to Zach Martin. Uh, if he comes off the COVID exactly. list as well. It's why I never thought Zach Martin playing last week was realistic because he had some pretty severe symptoms, right? So I'm a little bit worried about him this week. Let's kind of monitor the practice report, see how much he's practicing. Uh, it'll give us an idea. But, but back to Michael Gallup. I yeah. do think it's important to remember, even in a game where the Cowboys were throwing the ball, what, 55, 58 times? Yeah. Gallup was only seeing, like, basically one target a quarter, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like this was somebody who they were featuring in their passing offense. The Cowboys can kind of condense their passing offense down to just tight ends across the middle, and let's feed Amari and CD, and I think they'll be okay. It does take maybe the ceiling away a little bit, um, but I do think they're going to be okay. The, now, they play some pretty good defenses coming up, Landon, uh, outside of Philadelphia in, in week three. But I think they'll be okay with the Michael Gallup thing. I think the Cowboys are going to be very cautious here because they know it's more important to have a healthy Michael Gallup in week nine than it is a compromised week or Michael Gallup in week six or week seven. I, I just think they're going to be cautious here. Yeah, you know, they're not playing – they're playing some good defenses, but they are playing some specifically not great pass defenses. Yes. Um, you know, that are teams that are probably more pass rush heavy than they are coverage heavy, if Chargers. that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm yeah. the Eagles too, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, the Chargers specifically, you know, that they're we gotta watch out for what they're doing up front. But I think there's still, even with the, the the wide receiver core as it currently stands, there's a lot of hay to be made against that Charger secondary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the Cowboys can, you know, this is this is why having offensive depth is good is is because you can lose two guys like this and you know kind of keep going. Yep. You mentioned the ceiling. I, I think you know the ceiling is limited uh, based simply on the idea that you don't have the same dynacism in all your packages, right. That you did before. I think that's, that, that's where that kind of ceiling comes in. And I agree there, but I do think that the Cowboys still have plenty that they have in their bag that they can do to kind of 
you know, keep offenses on their toes. And, and they still have so many playmakers on this offense that, uh, you know, the, the loss of a guy that I think he probably had, what, 10 targets or something like that in, in, in nine or 10 targets in the first, first game. So, um, you know, we, we aren't, it, it's, it's tough because this is the week one and we always forget that injuries happen and, and, and all that, but uh, this isn't going to be uh, uh, hopefully a, a, a altering course uh, sort of injury that, that knocks the offense you know off their current pace. I think you and I both agree that the Lyle Collins injury is definitely more significant than the Michael Gallup one though, right? Not injury, sorry. So Lyle, I gotta stop saying injury for Lyle yeah. Collins. Suspension, right? Not having him is more detrimental than Michael Gallup not being on the field. Yeah, in the sense, in the sense of these missing these next few games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just because of the, and I think a lot of that, like I said, it has to do with who you're playing. Yeah. Uh, than than it does kind of just overall. But I definitely okay. would agree. All right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about directtv.com. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You guys know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. With no crazy additives, best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lane, let's talk about the NFC East on Sunday. And let's start with Washington, who a lot of people believe are, are the biggest challenger to the Cowboys to win the division. Washington lost to the Chargers at home, which is quite shocking, especially when you consider it was a 1 p.m. kickoff, and that's typically where the Chargers have struggled. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he's going to be out for a while. He has a hip injury. They've already placed him on the injured reserve list. I saw a couple Twitter doctors saying today it could potentially be a three- or four-month injury, and now it's going to be Taylor Heineke starting on Thursday night against the Giants. I know you watched a lot of that game. What did you think of Washington? Well, I thought that, you know, Fitzpatrick looked about as Fitzpatrick as he always does before he got <laughs> injured. Um, you know, I thought that Taylor Heineke came in and, uh, you know, he, I, I think Heineke's the kind of guy that if he comes into a game after Fitzpatrick is injured, uh, he's dangerous because he can he can move a little bit with his legs. Uh, he can throw the ball around the yard a little while, a bit. Uh, he's, he's actually a, a really good backup guy i, I yes. think because of because of those reasons um if he's the if he's the designated starter for for multiple weeks they're they're in trouble you know i i just think that if you can game plan against him um he is he can make some things happen for sure but it's it's a lot like what we saw with jalen hurts last year and we'll talk about jalen hurts this year in a little while mm-hmm. um but where you know it's just a level of inconsistency that's there um you know, I, I think it's he needs to focus a lot. He's going to need to focus a lot on Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. um, and so teams are going to have to start focus. Defenses are going to have to start focusing on him. But I think that you've taken, you've added more volatility somehow by adding in Tyler Haneke and removing Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, I have less faith in this offense than I did before, yep. and uh, I just. I don't know, man. I, I, they're going to have a really tough stretch uh, without without uh, Fitzpatrick, and I think and I think that 
uh, it, it's really going to be put a strain on Heineke to try to produce points when their defense and, and, and frankly, their defense didn't play as fantastic as, as everyone expected, you know? And I think that that kind of speaks to, even though they have incredible personnel, maybe the best in the NFL, mm-hmm. that defense is really fluky and that it's really, really, you know, a roller coaster uh, and mostly based on the offenses you face. So, um, yeah, I, I think that to me, the, the Washington football team took a step back. I mean, obviously because of their quarterback injury, but also partially based on how they looked. They play the Giants here on Thursday night football, which is a quick turnaround. Um, and how the game is at home. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's a big game for both these <laughs> that, teams, right? That's, go, that's a Thursday night football game. No, that's a Thursday night game. <laughs> no, now, that's a Thursday night Here's football. why I say it's a big game for Washington. I'm going to read you the games that they play directly after that one. Are you, are you ready, Landon? Let's, let's hear it. I'm gonna, I might have to spit take you this year. Yeah, yeah, so it's home against the Giants. And then it's at Buffalo, at Atlanta, which they should win that game against Atlanta based on what we saw this week. Home against the Saints, home against <sighs> the Chiefs, at the Packers, at the Broncos, home against the Bucks. That is they a may, brutal, brutal schedule there. They may win that at Packers game, but uh, <laughs> oh man, that game was so so. That was so bad. I, 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 I had to a... call. I, real quick story. I had to call Marcus because I was watching several other games and I and I couldn't watch that game because it was the televised game and I was watching the other televised game. Sure. And I just checked the stats real quick. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? I called Marcus to make sure that I had missed, like, I don't know, Aaron Aaron Rodgers' leg falling off. But anyways, yeah. I mean, I, might I, as well I, of how bad he played. Yep. They, they, they look Basically, awful. They'll be fine. That man it's just, that's really be just fine. not doing him anything. It's just <laughs> this Washington team, man, they got a really tough stretch coming up. It would not yeah, be surprising they if they go two and five, two and six to start the year. And without Ryan Fitzpatrick, not going to be a lot of uh, wiggle room there. Uh, let's talk about the Giants. Oh man, hmm. I am so glad Should Jason we, Garrett do we is in have New York. To? <laughs> I I love it. I I think they're great. So a couple of stats for you, Landon. Uh, last seven games for the Giants with Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator, they're averaging under fourteen points per game. Not very good. Daniel That's Jones good. looks like Daniel Jones. Uh, over the last year, last seventeen games for the Giants, seventeen point three points per game on offense. They have not had a game of over two hundred and sixty-five passing yards. In 26 games, Daniel Jones is probably not it. And, man, it seems like the Giants are just going nowhere this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about the Giants is that we keep talking about their defense and and what Patrick Graham's doing. And, again, kind of going back to the flukiness of defense, the Denver Broncos – Scored 27 points against them. And it should have been Teddy way more. Bridgewater as, yeah, it should have been way more with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. Bridgewater threw for almost 80% against them. They had um, they had a deep ball to KJ Hamler right in the second half that he, Bridgewater put a, uh, just on a rope and it hit Hamler right in the hands, wide open, dropped it for a touchdown. Jerry Judy got hurt at halftime in this game and they still put up 27 points. And Daniel Jones is still, you know, Daniel Jones, I, yeah. you know, you saw you saw the fumble, you saw you know, uh, uh, you know, completing I think something underneath sixty percent of his passes. Like uh, he's he can run the ball, you know, yep. for four, sure. he ran the ball better than uh, Barkley did. Um, so you know, and 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 Barkley doesn't look the back yet, and uh, they, you know, I think they ended up trotting Booker out there almost as much as they did Barkley. Yeah. Um. So you know, I. I 
I, I had a hard time. I had a hard time seeing it with them before, you know. And now yeah. it's like it's this is exactly the same team that we saw last year, except maybe their defense isn't as good as it was. Uh, this is the, of all the teams in the NFC East. This is the one I'm the least concerned about because the quarterback's not good, the offensive line's not very good, the skilled players are so up and down, and I just don't trust their coaching at all to maximize their talent. So. A rough, rough week one game for the Giants, but a team that did not have a rough week one, Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. actually looked pretty competent against the Falcons. They won 32 to 6 on the road in Atlanta. Jalen Hurts, 27 of 35 for 264 yards and three touchdowns. Devontae Smith looked pretty good. Now, I'm not sure how much of that is the Eagles looking good or the Falcons just, be, Falcons just being awful, but I got to give credit to Philadelphia. They went into Atlanta and they won that game. So kudos to them. Any thoughts on Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, they, they played a really good game. I thought the key there was that their offensive line just absolutely dominated the, the Falcons' yep. defensive line. Just absolutely dominated both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they were averaging over five and a half yards of carry on the ground. And then Jalen Hurts basically w- had all day to, to yep. sit back in the pocket and deliver the ball. Uh, wasn't Didn't seem uh, especially pressured or, or anything like that. So I think that was really the, ba- the big story is that uh, – you know, if you're not going to get any pressure against Jalen Hurts and, and against that offense, uh, you know they can they can play seven on seven for sure. Um, but if mm-hmm. if if and you know the coverage wasn't exactly good either for for Atlanta. And then on on the defensive side, I mean, I think we knew that Philadelphia had uh, some horses on the defensive side. That's not surprising. The pass rush looks really good for them. So uh, you know, again, it's I don't think it should be a surprise that. Philadelphia has good offensive and defensive line. I think we knew that coming mm-hmm. in. The question has been kind of the skill guys. I still expect things to be roller coaster-ish with these guys. I just don't know that Jalen Hurts week to week is going to be able to reproduce this. Correct. Correct. Um, so uh, we'll see exactly you know what this is. But I would say that if we're looking at week one and how it may realign our expectations for what's going to happen in the NFC East – I think if there's reason to believe that the Eagles now have bumped themselves up as primary, uh, you know, competition for the Cowboys to win the NFC East, which is shocking, right? I mean, because I don't think anybody was expecting that at all. Now they have a big game this week against San Francisco. I think we'll learn a lot about the Eagles here in Week Two. Then they play the Cowboys in Week Three on Monday Night Football. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about this Eagles team if they're real contenders or are they just one of these teams that had a fluky Week One, which we see from time to time, right? Like. For example, in the last year, Jacksonville beat the Colts in week one. And a lot of people thought the Colts were really good, and they were good. They made the playoffs. Jacksonville didn't win a game the rest of the season. Are, are the Eagles just one of those fluky teams? Because there's a new head coach that Atlanta wasn't able to game plan for. Arthur Smith is a new head coach for the Falcons. I don't know, uh, but I do think we're going to learn a lot about this Falcons team. Or excuse me, this Eagles team. Um, one more thing before we go kind of resetting the NFC East. If you had to have a favorite to win this division, are you still picking the Cowboys? Yeah, I'm still picking the Cowboys. In fact, I feel more confident about the Cowboys winning the East uh, now than I did before week one, just because Washington doesn't seem to be the team to worry about, especially now with the injury. They're probably going to take some losses that are going to be tough to overcome. New York is... You know, New York. <laughs> everything everything didn't get magically better in New York the way that everyone Shock. anticipated. Shock. Yeah. So uh, and then Philadelphia, I, I mean, I think they clearly have shown themselves to be at least early on the, the competition uh, that the Cowboys need to worry about. But yep. I just don't I have a hard time putting my faith 
in that group as of right now uh, for the long term. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, we may be eating, eating crow on, on Tuesday night after that Monday night football game, but uh, I'm not quite ready yet, ready to crown them champions. I, I think the Cowboys have the best quarterback, have the best offense. Um, and I think that's, you know, ultimately what wins football games in the NFL and likely will win them the NFC East. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at NicoleBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.